0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can access it from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way For us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Rahim Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast.
1: Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought.
2: Scrub Nail Boutique should be the reason why you break up with your nail salon. Ladies, if you want to get your nails done in the comfort of a safe haven atmosphere, Scrub Nail Boutique is the location. The grass is always greener where the products are. You should be treated better. You deserve better. Get an unlimited manicure membership for only $49 per month. Scrub Nail Boutique, located at 722 South Broadway, Baltimore, Maryland, 21231.
0: Peace and black power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and I am here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast and today we have a special guest in the building and that special guest is Marcia. Yes, she's back to join us. How are you doing, Marcia?
2: I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. And for those that don't know, Marcia has a radio show. ...that is called Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs. That's right. So tell us a little bit about your show.
2: Uh, Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs is a broadcast. Um, It's a program where we talk about uh, racial issues. We talk about things that impact the black community. Some things controversial, political, all of those things.
0: That's what it is, Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs. But today, we're going to talk about someone that um, I was dramatically opposed to, um, didn't really understand what her position was, what she was trying to do, if she was trying to do anything, whether it was for self-gratification or if she was really on the people's side and really trying to be on the right side of history. And that person is Rosa
2: Right. That, is,
0: that That's the hottest topic in the news. And most people will say... The reason why she's making these press runs is because she has a book out, and it's called Unhinged, an insider account of the Trump's White House.
2: Right.
0: And she had done several interviews, and um, one particular one that stood out for me uh, was Meet the Press. And the reason why this uh, particular interview stood out for me, because he asked some hard questions, and he wasn't biased you know um he pushed and went there and um i think she gave the answers that we needed sa- to hear was satisfying to yeah. me so what we're going to do is we're going to play a quick clip of that exchange and then we're going to come back and me and marcia we're going to unpack that y'all cool with that of course y'all are you ready i'm ready all right stay tuned we're going to go to this clip This is Raheem Shabazz of Necessary Blackness
1: Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Marcia. Good Sunday morning. She was a reality TV star who wound up working in a reality TV star's White House. By her own admission, Omarosa Manigault Newman and Donald Trump used each other. In her new book, Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House, Omarosa writes, Donald and I had a symbiotic relationship, as I've said. I gave him ratings, and he gave me, a woman of color, opportunities.
3: I adore you. We've had tremendous success together. You helped make me a star. Dennis, she helped to make me a star. But Omarosa, you're fired.
1: In 2016, she joined the Trump campaign as director of African-American outreach on the trail and subsequently as the most senior African-American woman on the White House staff. And she became one of Mr. Trump's most vocal supporters.
4: When I say Trump train, I want you to say choo-choo. Y'all ready? Every critic, every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump.
1: But since she was fired in December, she's turned on President Trump. And now in her new book, she calls the president a racist, a bigot, and a misogynist. And says he is losing his mental faculties. The White House is fired back in a statement, quote, This book is riddled with lies and false accusations. It's sad that a disgruntled former White House employee is trying to profit off these false attacks. And Omarosa has a recording that she says she recently made, uh, that she secretly made of her firing by John Kelly.
3: We've got to talk to you about uh, leaving the White House. Um, It's (coughs) to my attention uh, over the uh, last few months that there's been some pretty, in my opinion, significant integrity issues.
1: You're going to hear more of that recording in a moment. So Marosa Manigault Newman, former assistant to President Trump, director of communications for the White House Office of Public Liaison, joins me now.
4: Thank you for having me, Chuck.
1: Let me start with um, what you describe in your book as a year-long effort to learn the truth about a rumor that Donald Trump had been caught on tape using the N-word while working on The Apprentice. And here's how you wrote about confirming with a source that the tape does in fact exist, page 322 of your book. On this phone conversation, I was told exactly what Donald Trump said. Yes, the N-word and others in a classic Trump goes nuclear rant. And when he'd said them during production, he was miked and there's definitely an audio track. For over a year, I'd been so afraid of hearing the specifics from someone who'd been in the room. Hearing the truth freed me from that fear. Did you hear the tape or did you hear a description of the tape?
4: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. And in this book, I describe this long journey of hearing these rumors over and over again And when I had an opportunity to meet up with three different sources, they describe the same exact statements. After I closed the book, I had an opportunity to go out in Los Angeles and sit down with the person who actually has a copy of the tape. And I heard his voice as clear as you and I are sitting here. You have heard the tape. I have
1: heard it Since publication of this book. Absolutely. So you know it exists.
4: And I know it exists. And what I regret is that These people are probably trying to leverage it as this October surprise. I don't want to be a part of that, but I have heard for two years that it existed. And once I heard it for myself, it was confirmed what I feared the most, that Donald Trump is a con and has been masquerading as someone who is actually open to engaging with diverse communities. But when he talks that way, the way he did on this tape, it confirmed that he is truly a racist.
0: So that right there was the exchange between Amorosa and the interviewer from Meet the Press. So we are hearing Amorosa describe and tell us what was life like in the White House. So my question to you, Marcia, is: Do you think she is a disgruntled employee, or she just woke the hell up? <laughs>
2: Well, I I definitely don't think that she's... Well, she might be a little disgruntled, but that's to be expected. I mean, right? I mean, come on. That would be human nature, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, I think she has woken up from... Um, a lot of the things maybe she was blinded by, she actually said she had a blind spot when it came to Donald Trump because she wanted to believe that there was something good in him. She wanted to believe the best of him. And we've all done it. Like People have their biases. They've been blinded. And it could have been because of um, she wanted to further her career or her own personal interests. I mean, who who really doesn't do that to some degree?
0: I think that she definitely wanted to further her career at the expense of her own people. I'm just going to be honest. Okay. I I think it did get to a point where um, she was probably vocal about certain things that she seen, and that didn't sit too well with individuals. And one of those individuals is uh, the chief of staff, John Kelly. And we're going to hear from him a little later on in the broadcast, but I think that she was more than a disgruntled employee, that she was a spook who sat by the door. Definitely. And I think that she can tell us certain things that I don't think that we as a people need to know because it's already known. I just think that with these secret recorded conversations that... She can bring it down.
2: She yeah. could bring the whole
0: thing she down. She could bring the whole th- not only can she bring the whole thing down, but more so than anything, she got receipts. And the reason why I said she can't bring the whole thing down mm. is because Trump called Mexicans rapists. Mm-hmm. He called NFL players son of a bitches. Mm-hmm. Called Africa and third world and indigenous companies shithole place. So him saying the N word, you know you know and i heard them say well yo if we can get that tape this crosses the line and you know we know people get fired and transferred and demoted for using that word listen this is the united states of america and um they're it- going to do a damn thing to trump for using the n word
2: right so there's a lot of things that we kind of you just kind of touched on there like saying that you know she Sat there and allowed a lot of these things to happen and went along with it for the advancement of her own career. And now we're saying, like, wait a second, hold up. She could have been the spook who sat at the door to expose some things that you saying we already knew. So what's really going on here? Is this another distraction? Is this just something to get us talking about? She's the queen of ratings, he said that she gives him ratings, right? Remember? Nah, but
0: these ain't the ratings that he want. He don't want this smoke.
2: He always likes smoke, though. Not this He like negative. He He's always listen, getting into listen, it with people.
0: Listen, he don't want this smoke mm. because the reason why, and she made mention of that, is that that tape hasn't been public.
2: They waiting November. for October. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, mm-hmm.
0: in November, and they want to le- release this bombshell in October. And if they do release this bombshell, oh, it will be a game changer. In, in, but in, will
2: it? Like you just said. Is no, it necessary? No, we know. A,
0: it will be a game changer in, in regards to um probably the votes and things like that. But as far as unseating him as... The highest-ranking officer in the United States, absolutely not. So,
2: votes on what scale? Because the majority of Black people, we um, don't need to know. We already know he's a racist.
0: We don't well, need here to hear the Take. I, I think. I think anybody that doesn't uh, publicly come out and rebuke him, such as uh, Republicans, that so they going to have to now for office. Yeah, this will force their hand. But if you or anybody else out there believes that. Him using the N word is gonna unseat him from the president being the president of the United States. Then you are under a false illusion. Remember, presidents had slaves, all right. So we we know the history of this nation, and him using the N-word is not going to unseat him. He's not going to be impeached for it or none of that. Will it just
2: strengthen his base? Like, I knew it. I knew he was just like us.
0: (laughs) It it, it might do that. Absolutely, it will do that. You know what I mean? And especially... Them seeing that he hasn't got fired for using it, so he uh, he's a super will, boss now. It will further embolden them, okay. You know what I mean? The Proud Boys, the KKK, yeah, they'll be like, That's my that's, guy, that's, that's my Donald guy. Donald Trump. Okay. So, yeah, that's
2: that's that's so crazy. back to to Omarosa, though. Like, so what is her position within the black community now? How are we to be, you know, to see her? Because I looked at, at the interviews and I was really impressed. I didn't like her when you know she was. Kicking it with Donald and, you know, had this relationship. Can for a minute?
0: You said when she was kicking it with Donald. Can we keep it real? Yeah. She was coning with Donald.
2: Coning? Yeah. You
0: don't know want to use the word coning?
2: I I prefer not to, but if that's what you want to do, that's on you. What about <laughs> that one? Oh, no. No, <laughs> okay, no. Okay, okay. I just don't. Well, I ain't trying to do it. Just words. like he called her a dog and a low life. No, it's that. unacceptable. She still.
0: I, I, I was just using some of the uh, words that has been used to describe her. In our community Traitor I can go with traitor one thing That you don't ever Want to do is You don't want to go Against your people You know what I mean And when I say that I'm saying listen There's some people You just have to go against But when 99.9% of the people that look like you said, listen, what you're doing is detrimental to us as a people. You don't need to be in that position. You're being used. You know what I mean? She said
2: that. She said she was being used by him, and she understands that no, now. she
0: understands that now. Right. But what was the, oh, the oh, aha moment? It, it couldn't have been you being fired. It could have
2: been an accumulation of things, things that she seen while she was there, her talking to her people. Sometimes things don't happen immediately. Like, you have to give people an opportunity to grow and to take in that information, that seed is planted, and then things keep happening. And then she wakes up one day. Can we appreciate that
0: in her? All right. Now, I I like what you said, right? but two things that you said. Mm -hmm. One thing that you said, and that was earlier on in the conversation, that she came off very, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with no idiot. Man. Oh yeah, she's you know, um she's intelligent to know she's sharp. From, from 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 the onset, yo, he's a racist, this is wrong, and I want no parts of it. Okay. You know, if it was somebody of uh the- low intelligence, mm-hmm. how he liked to describe us, or or somebody that just, you know, maybe wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. I could see that. Mm -hmm. But with her, she knew better than me.
2: But you know what? I think the smartest of us all, we are delusional sometimes because we are blinded by ambition. We see something. we like, oh, man, if I can just get on that train, it'll take me to where I need to go. And that's all people see. They just see, you know, that. Target, you know, he can get me to where I need to go, and I think she saw that at that time, and Mm -hmm. I think that she was blinded by her ambition and her self-interest, and you know, a lot of a lot of people do that. It don't matter how intelligent you are, and and usually, it's the very intelligent ones who are delusional to that fact. Like they separate themselves from the black community, thinking they can do this as an individual. But we all know now that you do need community. We need each other, especially we're gonna get out of the situation that we're in. At some point, it has to be communal. And maybe she woke up to that.
0: Absolutely. And one thing that I will say is that there's there's two sides to every coin. You was asking me about um, what people were feeling about her in in the African-American community. There are those that are saying that this is the Amarosa that we know. Mm. Because, you know, Amarosa bring that smoke. And she always come with them receipts. Um, this ain't the first time she recorded somebody, and we're gonna talk about that a little later on as well. Um, and I and I think that um whatever she did, you know what I mean, to invoke this anger from our community, we need to welcome her back on home. Yeah, I think that would But we need go. to see them receipts. Yeah, you know well, I mean? you know what and we know and we know what she did, and um she needs to be carefully watched. You mm-hmm. know, we need to put her like on probation. Or yeah, like, yeah. Because three we, years, we gonna watch you, and you gonna have heavy scrutiny. But you are no longer barred from the family picnic. You can come by and just bring some, make sure you bring some barbecue sauce. Right. You know, keep that hot sauce and the swag. Man. Right. Like we we not gonna forget.
2: You know, that there was some, some betrayal there, so we forgive you. But we we haven't forgotten. And it's still on a limited basis, honey. Yeah. Like you gotta keep yourself together
0: for a while. Absolutely, man. How many of our celebrities and and athletes, and mm-hmm. you know, go out and you know, make asinine statements? Hell, look what Kanye West said. Yeah. And y'all still went out and bought his album and his Yeezy sneakers. So if he can say that and he ain't come with no receipts, he ain't help us at all. He's still cooning for Donald Trump, if you want to call it that. But at least Rosa came back with some receipts.
2: She came back with some fire. Like, you wait a second. You thought you was going to threaten me? Like... See,
0: that's another thing, man. You cannot... Cannot not do that to the black woman, man. And you
2: They're know what? I was angry. tripping. Like, people were saying, oh, look at all the ethical violations she did. She took a recording device into the- So what? Honey, please. She was like, I had to protect myself. I know what I'm dealing with. They would have said I was a crazy black woman. They would have said this and that. Now I got receipts. Now well, I had this recording.
0: Gloves are off. All gloves are off <laughs> when, when it's warfare, man. Come on. They ain't, they ain't playing fair with her? Right, You know what I mean? They are not playing fair. They made an actual threat to her. And y'all going to hear that recording as well. The uh, chief of staff took her in the situation room and he explained to her, listen, this is the protocols. This is how we doing it. If you want to have a friendly departure. And he was like, listen, look at your service here at the White House as you serving your, your nation. Right. right. Keep your mouth shut, you know, do what's right for you, and- um, Maybe your reputation will stay intact. Yeah, and don't create no type of difficulty, because in the future, it'll be relative to your reputation being here at the White House. So that means, listen, they was But not you playing. know what, if you- And then you know what, not to cut you off, if she would have came out and said that, the handkerchief-head Negroes that would say, you know, there's no way that this powerful white man is going to be unprofessional and unethical you- and threaten this, this woman. You're talking you talking about know? John Kelly? Yeah, that, that he wouldn't threaten her in, in that regards. So guess what? She got receipts. She has proof that this conversation actually happened. And it was uh, planned and it's strategically worded. Um, but clearly you can see it was a threat. You know, no one releases their employee, takes them in a the room, locks the door, tell them they can't confer with their husband, their lawyers, really give them their walking papers.
2: I know because he also, he the way he was coming at her, but if you paid attention to how she handled herself, not only with John Kelly, but even these interviewers during her book tour, she has something that is, um... I think that we all can look at as a teachable moment. Like just the way that she spar- spars and she uses her intelligence. Whether or not we, you know, agree with how she uses it, I just think she has a skill and a talent that we need to see more of in our community if we're going to be
0: able to compete and deal with these people on a certain level. Absolutely. Espinard, sabotage, whatever they're doing. And come and bring back that information. But, you know, one thing that hasn't really been talked about, and you you mentioned about people in uproar about, you know, this is a national security violation. But what people are not speaking about is the safety of this sister now that she blew the lid off. Yeah, And um, I think we as a people... We need to pour ourselves into her and around her and show her love and and let her know and let the world know under no uncertain terms are you going to lay hands on this woman. You know what I mean? And I think it's not only for her, but to show the world that we will protect our black women and that will give other individuals-
2: In those positions to speak out and to be courageous- in those moments absolutely. but one thing that I didn't understand and I hate when they're so vague like this and they do it a lot of the times when they're dealing with us um, he said that she was being let go because of integrity violations and no one really knows what that is no one has really um, talked about what the, what are they talking about See, what when they violations
0: those, when they use those type of words integrity violations um, it's ambiguous, very, and you can actually read into it. And like she was saying, what are you talking about? Oh, I took the company's car to to, to a public game to, to to the ballpark,
2: right? You know, but that old man. boy beats his wife, and you calling him a good a good man. Yeah, but
0: I violated because I took a, a car that belonged to the company. And use it on a Sunday. Yeah, you know what I mean? So little things like that, which really wouldn't warrant a, a dismissal. It could be a warning or a reprimand. So yeah, they they try to use, you know, little But she COVID said that they plans. were
2: looking to get her out, like trying to find little things. And since she was so close to President Trump, and you know, she was his personal assistant. Do you think that they just felt like um they just needed to get her out because she was a, well, I don't understand. Like, what do you think that she, they really was was trying to get her out on? Because
0: they, they, we dealing with racism and white supremacy. And one of the things that she said, which, um, he would ask her to get information information, for her. And not only that, I I, I think when you have someone of that intelligence, someone who is outspoken Mm -hmm. and, that's in a position that's close to the president they don't want that in a, you know I mean ear. first of all you you're a threat because you're a black anyway hmm. you know what I mean then you're a triple threat because you're you, you're a black woman you know what I mean who don't have a problem speaking your mind so as she pointed out that there is not one single person of african american descent that's in a senior position in right. the white house and right. there's hundreds and possibly thousands of people that work for the White House mm-hmm. that's in those senior uh, positions and not one of them is black. That speaks volumes, right? Right. And this, th- this hasn't happened in 51 years that there hasn't been one black person that been in a senior position. position. You know, hell, we say George Bush hated black people, right? But he had, uh, what's the uh, sister's name? Kind uh, Connor- of. Con Consulisa Rice. Kansalisa Rice, you got it right on point. Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Colin Powell, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there was other, there was, there was racist presidents, and a lot of them are racist, that had black people in certain type of position, Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of them was in senior positions as advisors.
2: And she even mentioned too, like people were asking her what took her so long to leave after Trump had did all of these things that seemingly was racist. Yeah. And she responded that she was in fear that they would not replace her with a another African-American person to represent the community. He, She was like that they are making decisions about us without us. And, you know, maybe that's something that was very
0: important to her. And also, you know, the same people, right? I want y'all to ask yourself this. The ones that are saying, why did she stay? She should have been left. Soon as she heard this, she should have left. Why she waited till this happened? She should have left when he called the NFL players uh, son of bitches, you should have left after the Charlottesville the situation. How many of y'all left when y'all was in domestic violence situations? That's or people want to leave
2: their jobs now, but they can't because they are stuck having to pay bills and you need that check. You know, I mean, so many different reasons why people go against um, their ethics and what they really want. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing I do respect about Kanye when he was saying that we kind of slaves to it. We slave, we are a slave to the system. So for people who want to speak up and they want to speak out, they can't. Why? They worried about their job. You know what I'm saying? They're worried about if they're going to get fired or not. So people have different reasons for why they stay in situations that's not ideal.
0: And on another flip note, too, and we're going to play that as well, Omarosa once she was fired, she was offered some money to be quiet. Non-disclosure and it was, agreement. And it, yeah, it was it was they they gave they wanted her to sign a non-disclosure agreement, but she was gonna still be a part of the campaign trail, where she was making one hundred eighty thousand dollars to be uh on the chief of staff, not the chief of staff. Uh, to she be a was a director of, of African American outreach for the president, and mm-hmm. she was receiving. $180,000 a year in that position. She was going to get that same amount of money working on the campaign trail, whether she went out and campaigned for him or not. They told her, listen, you can stay home. You could just release so it So it's
2: basically keep quiet money, $15,000 yeah, a month.
0: You're still going to get the money. We just don't need your face. Right. You know what I mean? Your face card ain't good here no more. But you know a little too much mm-hmm. for us just to let you go. So we're going to need you to just chill out right so um i don't think it was a money thing but um i i i'm i'm telling you this she hit the jackpot with that book. She's gonna she's gonna make a whole lot of money. Hopefully
2: so. But I heard a lot of um black people, even some, you know, of our friends like Angela Rye, like talking about they're not gonna read the book. But I think this is so important for us to talk about this for a second because even if we don't agree with her, I do think that there's still some information, some knowledge that we can pick up to help us in our situation. Just because we don't agree with her don't mean we can't learn nothing from her. So I just want to push back on that for all the people who say how much they hate her, how they despise her. It don't mean you can't learn from her because she's been in certain rooms. She's been in certain situations that we don't have privy to. So we can pick up some information that we would never um, be able to otherwise.
0: Absolutely. But I don't know if any of that information is going to help us. I just think that it is information that um, we can use so that we know what type of people we are dealing with and well I guess it can help us if we're going to use it for that and it also could dictate to us what type of what's the necessary steps that we need to take but before we go to a commercial break um you were showing me an interview with uh April Ryan
2: uh, well, April Ryan. I, this, I think this was back uh, when all this took place when they were kicking out Omarosa.
0: Are you talking about that? No, no, not that interview. Um, recently there's an interview with um that just came out after Omarosa dropped the bombshell, and um, I was very disappointed in uh April Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, in this interview. They know that her and... April and, have history. Yeah, they had history and they're not the best of friends. So they used her as a pawn. Exploited. And she <laughs> is on there talking about... I spoke to the leader of the Democratic Security and Council, and um we need to really look into our uh, security violations. We're so concerned about Russia... You know, she has sensitive information where she could have recorded and you know, stop it. Like, yo, come on, stop it, man. Stop it for real, for real. You, you not even looking at. Maybe there is a tape with him using the N word. You so worried about like they. She
2: seems jaded. Like it just seems like you know they fell out when they fell out, and maybe Amarosa was making moves that she didn't have privy to know what she was doing and didn't appreciate how Omarosa was getting down. I just don't you know think that it's really in our best interest for her to sick people on Amarosa. Like you know, just let things. If, if the white man or, the, you know, the people in power feel like that they need to come for Omarosa, let them. They don't need your assistance. They don't need you to tell them you know, what
0: to you do. You know what would be a boss move? What? If both of them reconcile their differences. Yeah. Because April Ryan is not a fool. Yeah, I like nobody her. Nobody expense right? Mm-hmm. If both of them was to sit in a room and put aside their differences and both of them come together, that would be a force to reckon with. That would be amazing. And and we need that sister love. And it's a shame that they're using her as a tool and also a slave. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're being used as a tool. You're doing the work for them. I just, you know. So what we're going to do is we're going to play that clip of her uh, really doing the bidding for uh, these evil uh, oligarchs that are running the empire and you know it's an empire, and it's a corporation. And we're gonna play that clip too, where um, Amorosa actually gets Donald Trump on the phone. But before we play that clip, let's go back to the clip of Amorosa in the Situation
1: Room when she actually got fired. Had you ever heard him? Were you ever in his presence when he used a racial slur?
4: You know, I was in his presence when he said inappropriate things, but he has never said the N-word in my presence, ever.
1: All right. Let me uh, move on because you said um, that the betrayal, the idea that he might have used this word, um, that it would be this betrayal because you thought it would mean that he might have used it about you. Do you believe he used it about you?
4: Possibly, because Donald Trump talks about everyone behind their backs. You leave the room, Chuck, he has a nickname probably for you. He has a nickname for everyone in his administration and in his circle. So I am pretty certain that he's probably said some very derogatory things about me. In fact, yesterday on this moment before Charlottesville the anniversary of Charlottesville instead of talking about how to unify the nation he actually insulted me by calling me a lowlife that is a man who is inclined to tr- start racially charged engagement and use race to kind of stir up his base
1: here's what i think a lot of people are going to have trouble with um he has said a lot of racial things. He said a lot of racial things during the campaign calling Mexican rapists, attacking a federal judge because he was Hispanic. You even talk about his obsession with the, quote, Central Park Five um, mythology there. Re- retweeting false crime statistics. All of that was taking place. And, and you said you acknowledge that he did things that were racial, um, that he used race to manipulate people. Okay. You've said all those things. And then you wrote this in December of 2016. I am living the American dream because of Donald Trump. Look at my career, the wealth and exposure that I've had. It's very difficult to make the argument that Donald Trump doesn't like black people and black women.
4: Absolutely, um, being used by Donald Trump for so long, I was like the frog in the hot water. You don't know that you're in that situation until it just keeps bubbling and bubbling. It's clear in hindsight because hindsight, of course, is 2020. But as I talk about in Unhinged, you get to see from 2003 when I first met Donald Trump, the evolution of a very unique relationship between him and I. And I talk very, very intimately about the things that he said his his pledge to do more for the community, his, as I said, investment in my own career. But what I know now, I didn't have the benefit of in 2003 or 2004 or 2010. And so, yes, it is hindsight. But I will say this to you, I was complicit with this White House deceiving this nation. They continue to deceive this nation by how mentally declined he is, how difficult it is, it is for him to process complex information, how he is not engaged in some of the most important decisions that impacts our country. I was complicit, and for that, I regret.
1: Well, one of those moments of complicity took place after Charlottesville. Were you fired or did you resign? What's the story? What what, what do we call this?
4: It's pretty clear from that recording that John Kelly came in and said, this is the end. We want you to leave. But what's interesting is they take me into the situation room. The doors are locked. They tell me I can't leave. And they start to threaten me, put fear in me, to put me under duress. Look, I'm going to
1: play. I want to play this tape. But I'm curious. How is it? You recorded the chief of staff. Absolutely. The White House Chief of Staff yes. in the Situation Room. Yes. And you're this this takes place before the Christmas. In the party, situation and room. And you're prepared in a moment's notice to record him or were you planning to record him the minute you found out you had this meeting well no
4: first of all like i said i'm the only african-american there when you walk into a meeting with john kelly who's refused to meet with me the whole time he's there in the situation room chuck mm-hmm. we're not going in there to talk about you know parking or scheduling you, issues you knew this was we're going, to going in there john. to talk about something very you prepared serious to take. I was prepared because, first of all, John Kelly had been very vocal about trying to find a reason to let me go. He had gone to the press instead of coming to me, never given me an opportunity to meet with him. So the question is, why not have the meeting in the chief of staff's office? Why put me in the situation room, lock the door and tell me over and over again, as they'll hear, well, they'll hear his yes. part, that I couldn't leave, that I couldn't consult an attorney, that I couldn't talk to my husband, who was sitting outside of the door. Yes, I was prepared, and as you'll see in Unhinged, how often did you tape wait, Chuck, as you'll see in you Unhinged, people? I protected myself because this is a White House where everybody lies. The president lies to the American people. Sarah Huckabee stands in front of the country and lies every single day. You have to have your own back because otherwise, you'll look back and you'll see 17 you know knives in your back. It looks,
1: though, That's that not you disloyalty. Taped people. That's That's not disloyalty, because let me
4: tell you, Chuck, if I did not have this recording, people would still believe the false, incredible story that I was running around the White House, the false story that was told by a reporter and repeated by this network and other reporters that I tried to charge the residents of the White House. And it's a lie. If I didn't have this recording, listen, people would still think that I was trying to set off alarms. So, yes, I had to protect myself and I have no regret about it.
1: Let's listen to the recording.
3: I think it's important to understand that if we make this a friendly departure, um, we can all be, you know, you can look at, look at your time here in, in uh, the White House as a year of service to the nation, uh, and then you can go on without any type of uh, difficulty in the future relative to your reputation.
1: How did you take that comment about your reputation?
4: It's very obvious a threat. He's, he goes on to say that things can get ugly for you the chief of staff of the United States under the direction of the president of the United States threatening me on damage to my reputation and things getting ugly for me. That's downright criminal. And if I didn't have these recordings, no one in America would believe me, no one. So I protected myself and I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad I did because now we can put to bed all those false rumors that that one reporter stated and the false reporter re- reports that were spread around by the media. All right,
1: let me play. Um the portion where you jump in and have a conversation with Mr. Please. Please. Can I
4: a, ask you a couple of questions? Does uh, the president, is the president aware of this? Uh,
3: don't, let's not go down the road. This is a non-negotiable discussion.
4: I don't want to uh, negotiate. Okay. I just, I've never talked, had a chance to talk to you, General Kelly. Yeah, so but, if this is my departure, I'd like to have at least an opportunity
3: no, uh, to
4: understand.
3: Uh, we can, we can talk another time. This has to do with some pretty serious, viola- integrity violations. Um, so I'll let it go with that. So uh, the the staff and everyone on the staff works for me, not the president.
0: So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the actual recording of Donald Trump, who allegedly says he didn't know that Rose was going to be fired.
5: Amarosa Manigault Newman has released new audio of a phone call she says she had with the president of the United States the day after she was fired by Chief of Staff John Kelly. Listen to this.
3: Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the uh, news
4: that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General damn Kelly, man, uh, General Kelly came happen. to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave.
3: No, I, I, nobody even told me about it.
4: Nobody wow. You know, they
3: run a big operation, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that.
0: God, yeah. damn it. And oh, yeah. He was like, hey, I signing. heard uh, they had to let you go today. <laughs> like
2: he don't know what's yeah. going on.
0: And he was like, hey. You know, it's a lot of people. This is a big corporation and sorry to hear that. Sorry like, uh. to hear that. You know, I don't make all the decisions, I just delegate people and this is a what big what did he say, son of a
2: bitch? Like did he say something like that as if he didn't remember. know what we
0: was, gonna, was going on? Yeah, he, he was funny. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we go play that and we're gonna play um some more things. So y'all y'all stay tuned. This is uh necessary blackness podcast and i am your host raheem shabazz and i'm sitting here with marcia from civil rights and civil wrongs absolutely stay tuned we'll be right back everybody wants to know how they could get in contact with me If you want to get in contact with me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Raheem Shabazz. That's the handle. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Yo, check out the award-winning docu-series, Elementary Genocide. This docu-series provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docu-series features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kamakamu. And so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment, Elementary Genocide 3, the Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the
1: drop.
2: I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz.
0: Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back, and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned.
2: This is a cool up, uh, Cultivated Roots Media, and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is
0: very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now,
3: our feature presentation.
0: It's Empower Black Family. We are back from our quick commercial break and our quick audio break. And that right there was uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> And Donald Trump was acting, or rather pretending, that he didn't know Omarosa was fired. And in his word, he heard about it in the news. What do you think about that?
2: Oh, that's just him being an actor, just doing another performance. Uh, And it seemed like Omarosa knew exactly the game that he was trying to play. So just pretending like he didn't know that other people were in charge and he didn't really call the shots that they... Called the shots. What he
0: said, he said they run a big corporation. He
2: said, yeah, they they run a big operation around here. So you know, I ain't really know about what they
0: was about to do. So (laughs) the operative word is they. they. So a lot of times, um, individuals say that the president has no power and um, he's working for the corporation because the United States is a corporation and. Now we have proof. Maybe they are right. They.
2: Mm-hmm. They.
0: So the opposite word is they. We got to find out who they is. But I think I already know. The the powers that be. Oh, it's more than the powers that be. Mm. Yeah, it's more than the powers that be. But that's another story for another subject.
5: Well, you know, um, in the Washington Post article after she Uh, edited a tape uh, of our altercation in the West Wing that I detail in my book, factually. Um, She passed the tapes around and she said that is what we do, meaning uh, that's what everyone including the President of the United States does, uh, tapes people. But here's the problem, if indeed uh, these tapes are factual and, and I believe them to be credible, I uh, was on Twitter today and I was reading some of the tweets and I saw something from David Frum after the uh, Meet the Press interview. And I called uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings, Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummings, who is the minority leader in the Government and Oversight Reform Committee in the House. And he said if indeed these tapes are there and it, they were taped in the Situation Room and the Oval Office and other places, this is a national security issue and he's looking into it. National security protocols were not followed. Omarosa says that she has taped in the Oval Office, and in the Situation Room. We've heard the tapes. Now, I've talked to people uh, from former administrations, and they've said, you are not allowed, and I know this for a fact, when we go into OTRs with a president or, or, or a senior official, we have to put our cell phones in these cubby holes in the Roosevelt Room. Mm. In the Oval Office, you're not supposed to tape. It, uh, you're not supposed to bring your cell phone. In the Situation Room, you're not supposed to bring your cell phone. Uh, in the Roosevelt Room, you're not supposed to bring your cell phone. You're not supposed to have your cell phone in the office of the Chief of Staff, and you're not supposed to have your cell phone in the National Security Office. And this leads, to a broader question, are national security protocols being followed in this White House? Because, you know, we're talking about Russia, now you gotta worry about Omarosa. And then others who might have cell phones taping things and they could be hacked. So this is not just about a book and getting paid for a book and telling all, you know, if, if she did the tapes, you know, we hear voices and everything. You don't know if they're edited or not. But the bottom line, and, and, and there's a credibility issue with her. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a credibility yeah. issue with everyone. But there are tapes. And this is a national security issue. This is not just about a book anymore. She's giving receipts and she's now in trouble. Okay. But, you
2: know, I want to move on to another topic. Okay. And what's that topic? So we got to pay respect.
0: Oh, yes, definitely.
2: To the queen. To the queen. The queen of soul.
0: All hail the queen. Aretha Franklin. Absolutely.
2: And a lot of people don't know that she was also known as a daughter of the civil rights movement. Mm Mm-hmm. And that her father, actually, he led a demonstration um, in Detroit. And did you hear about that?
0: I vaguely heard about it.
2: So, I guess he organized the 1963 Detroit Walk to Freedom. And, you know, ever since a young girl, she was involved with civil rights. And many people said that she used to house civil rights leaders and actually helped them fundraise.
0: Now, I do know that when Angela Davis was locked up, um, one of the things that she said publicly to Jet Magazine was that I'm going to pay her bill. I don't care if it's 1000 100000 or $200,000. I'm going to pay it. And just so happened, she was on tour. And when she came back, uh, Angela Davis was uh, no longer in confinement. Um, some liberal white guy got out. Somebody of else did yeah. it. Okay. Well, um, they said that her father was... He was kinda like in opposition to that. And she was like, nah, I don't care. This is a black woman. She's out here fighting for our freedom. And um I'm gonna do what's possible in order to um make sure that she remains free. Get out and be free. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's very um unfortunate, you know, that um the sister transition. Um what was it? It happened um Friday, right?
2: yeah i believe so
0: yeah friday um i i know that entire day um it was a lot of un,
2: it wasn't clear it yeah. it was not clear about if she was actually in the hospital and if she was kind of like on her deathbed i no, i heard yeah, reports
0: yeah it was it was a little sketchy, but when she did actually transition um The radio station, man, they showed her a lot of love all day. Yeah, Apollo Theater showed her a lot of love, playing her music. um, Yeah, just playing her music like nonstop, and it just goes to show you the magnitude and the body of work that she had. Because for like almost three hours, it was like Aretha Franklin marathon. Mm, Yeah, and you know, just like they did it for Prince, they did it for Michael Jackson, New York City. Harlem USA always show out, you know, for our celebrities, our icons, and our stars. And um they have something tomorrow here in Atlanta, and I think I'm gonna go out to that. Um, it's gonna be at the uh the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And um I- I'm definitely gonna go out to that and check that out. Um, yeah.
2: So with all of this honoring and celebration, um you know, after she has passed, do you think that they, you know, we have done a good job celebrating her life while she's been alive?
0: In regards to Aretha Franklin, I I would say absolutely. Um, She was always held in high esteem. Um, There was never a time that I know of where um, she wasn't honored and praised wherever she went. Right. You know. Because um, she demanded it too, though. Absolutely. And, you know, her first hit was in 1967. I think when she was 17 years old.
2: Oh, yes, Absolutely. And
0: she, <laughs> wasn't, she wasn't playing no games with it. So um, someone of that magnitude, how else could you not respect her? Right. And I think um more sisters... And not just sisters, entertainers, period, needs to demand that, that type of respect. Especially when you stand on the right side of history. It's a given. Right. You know, as you said, that uh, she's considered the daughter of the Civil Rights Movement. And
2: that song was actually known as the anthem of the Civil
0: Rights Movement. Mm, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Yeah. So when, when you do things like that, you know, you always going to be on the right side of history. And that was in 1967, and she didn't miss a beat since then, and she she never changed, never withered in her approach, and um, she was always unapologetic, you know? That's even, how you gotta be. After you made it, she was always unapologetic, and it's not like today's celebrity, you know? Um, they act like they're afraid of their blackness, and... um At the end of the day, man, it's what you want to be remembered for. And she's going to be remembered as one of the best that ever did it, one that stood her ground, one that was for her people. And 100 years from now, we're going to still be um, playing that song. We're going to be honoring her and her legacy and her tradition lives on. The queen. The queen. So... Shout out to Aretha Franklin and um, rest in power, rest in power, uh, rest respectfully. (laughs) R E S P C T, R
2: E S V E C T.
0: All right, (laughs) R E S P E C T. Right. You know I had to spell it like a uh, bird name put some respect on my name <laughs> do what you gotta yeah. do yeah that's what you gotta do man you gotta put some respect on the name so is there anything else you, you want to talk about
2: um well there's not really a ton that I want to talk about I mean there, it's just been so busy like so you busy. know with the death of Aretha and this trump stuff that keeps us going I did hear a story that's a little you know, off, but it's about Stormy Daniels. I don't know if you feel like getting into that, but we
0: nah, don't have to talk about that. we ain't going to get into that, man. <laughs> we, we, we just gave praises and honor to the queen, so we're going to leave on a positive note, man. we 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 we, we not even going to get into that. But, ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to check out this video, and um, I, you know what? I'm going to post the audio from it. That's what we're going to leave with. I'm going to show you what a queen, what a boss does, right? Okay. You seen the video of, of uh, Aretha Franklin where she was being interviewed? In and a like, yo, I'm going to say a name and you respond to it? You right. You seen that video? Yeah, I seen it. Yeah.
2: She, at least she keeping it real and really? being yeah, honest. She
0: was keeping it real because she could have been politically correct. And, you know, she was like, I'll pass on that one. Yeah. So you know what she felt, yeah. you know what I mean, and she she had enough respect to say, you know what, I'm not even gonna do it. To
2: I'm not gonna this play this it. game with y'all. Yeah, I'm not even like, gonna do that know? to
0: another black woman. But what I ain't gonna do is I ain't gonna put that stamp of approval. on. Right. In, you know what I mean? But so she was smart me out enough it. to know, um, not to engage, you know, engage in cat fights with with, with her sister. And I think that's a lesson that people could take from her, Mm
5: -hmm.
0: you know? Class. Yeah, class. She was
2: classy with that one.
5: Yeah. Hi, I'm Christopher John Farley, a senior editor at The Wall Street Journal. I'm here with Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul. And now, since your new album is about divas, I want to just throw out a few names of divas and sort of get your one-word reaction, sort of get your impression Mm. of various singers. So when I say the the name Adele, what comes to mind?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Young singer, good singer.
5: Alicia Keys.
2: Um, young performer, good writer, producer. Taylor Swift. Okay, great uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns.
5: Uh, uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney was a, a talent, mm. definitely a talent. She had a gift. Mm. And Sissy's Baby. And let's sort of change genres a little bit. Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj, hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to pass
4: on that one. <laughs>